0: Good evening, we are in Parshas Beshalach this Shabbos, Be'ezus HaShem, Shirah, which gives it a, an additional dimension because usually Parshas Beshalach is the Mashpia and Hamisha Oser Beshavet, which comes out after Shabbos, uh, sometimes it falls out on Shabbos, but this year, like many of the other years, it comes out during the week, and it's the Mashpia, which carries, as we've said, from chamisha or Bishvat, that the Purim of Udgar and the Pesach of Nisan and the Pesach Sheini of, of Ear and the, the, um, the Shavuos of of Sivan, all draw their source of Kedusha and their power from Chamisha Osir Bishvat. So it's a very, very special day, as we say, Shamreim Barachim Tahareim, the B'nai Sasra says, or he says, Shmuos Bissuros Tovos that this is the month Mesugil for all good things which will happen as Hashem for Klai Yisrael we know that in this week's partial we're going to speak in a moment about the beginning of the sedra but I want to open with what the Gemara says in Chulam dav Zion that Rav Pinchas Ben Yoir who was the father-in-law of Rav Shimon Bar Yochoi he was a malumid ben Nisim and he excelled in the midst of Pidyan Shvuyam. So the Gomorrah says there that Reb Penchaz ben Ya'ir came to a river and he was on a mission of Pidyan Shvuyam and he said to the river that he wanted the river to split. And the river said why should I split for you? You have a mission in life that you're on your way to to be poide a shavui, but you're not sure if you're going to end up succeeding. You don't know at this point if you're going to end up actually getting up, getting him out of jail. But I have a mission for our Kodesh to keep the water flowing. And that's what i'm supposed to do and i'm definitely doing it and that's a vada so why should i stop the vada for you that's a suffolk if you're going to succeed so the gemurah says that he said to him to the river and the Gemara says its name was ginoi that repel has been said to him ginoi ginoi that i want you to split and i'm telling you that if you don't split then you are going to dry up and there won't be a drop of water in this sea, this river, this lake, wherever it was. And it split. So then they saw when they got to the other side that there was a man, and the river came back that there was a man going to bake matzah on the other side to go back where Repenchus Benyurah started. So Repenchus Binyor said to the to the water, split, it's going to do a mitzvah. And it split, the Gomorrah says. And then there was a man who was accompanying, a goy, who was accompanying Repenchus Benyurah that had to get back so he asked him to split the sea, the lake, a third time. And he did. So the Gemara says that we see that in Parshish B'Shalach, Moshe Rabbeinu V'Zorcha with 600,000 Yedin to split once for them. And here, Pinchas Ben Yor had three splits, how so much greater he must have been than Moshe Rabbeinu. So, the the Meforshims say that it could be that it was really all three reasons happened at the same time. So, it was one time Moshe Rabbeinu got it to split and really Repentus Yor got it at one time also. And the matzah baking and the goy were all part of that splitting. So there is a story with Reb Hershelah Choiver, and Sadikim used to refer to him as the Tsar Beishas Zohar. That means there's a pusk that refers to Yosef and his story that there was a Tsar. Base Hazoyar, like the head of the prison, but there's a play on the word that they used to call him the Tsar, like the one in charge of Base Hazoyar. The understanding and the, the grasping of the Zoyar Hakadosh was Reb as a detryver. That was the reference to him and how great he was. His Rebbe was the Choyza of Lublin, and he came to the Choyza of Lublin, and he gave him a reckoning, a cheshman of everything that he does in the 24 hours. From this and this hour, he goes to the mikvah, this and this hour, he says, tikkun Chatzos. So he handed the paper to the Choyza, and the Choyza said, wrote on the paper next to each hour, lav dafka. Lav dafka means not necessarily. So Rebbe the took a look at lav dafka, lav dafka, lav dafka, and he asked his Rebbe, What does this mean? So. The Choyza answered him and said that a person in Olem Hazed has a certain structure of his daily life. And that's what he brings up with him to Shemaim after 120 years. And it made sense from 8 till 9 to be doubling chakras. It made sense for him to then eat something. It made sense. But everything that the person does is lavdafka, that that is what has to be done at that moment. In other words, the lake was right, that they were created to flow and to be there and not to split and not be in a spot, but there was a time and a place for everything. And at this time, he realized that although his mission was to flow, but there was such a thing as not flowing for the right reason and using discretion. And the message that the Chose wanted to convey to his chosid, Reb Herschel, was that as important as our daily schedules are, But we have to do it with open eyes because there comes a moment that something is happening. He has to stop. Can't say, this is an hour that I'm doing this and this. And no matter what's happening, I can't stop. But there's sometimes things that call for you to stop. And you have to realize that your mission in life is important. And consistency is a prime reason for your success, that not one day you do it and one day you don't do it, and one day you're tired and one day, but there's consistency. But even consistency is love, dafka. Now the Yerushalmi and Demai has this exact Gemara of Rabinchis Ben Yoyer. And the Gemara there adds a statement that's not in the Bavli. And in the Yushalmi, the Gemara says that in this story, the Talmidim of Reb Ben-Yoir asked Reb ben Yor, can we also command the, the lake, to speak for us and he answered them and says if you know that you never hurt another Yid then you can ask but if you hurt at any time through Lashon Hara, Motzi, Shemra any of these things then you can't ask because it will never heed and listen to your request that What was the response of Rabbinchus ben Yoyer? Rabbinchus ben Yoyer was basically telling them that every person has a tzelem elohim and that means there's some I- my- I- iota <clears throat> of a godliness in every person. And we have to respect it. <coughs> if you ba'aval another yid, then that means that that level of undiluted respect for tzell is not there, or is not there in its full force as it should be, so he answered and said that if you want the Bria to change its nature for you, you have to make sure because their whole existence is that Selim that Lokim. But if you went and you insulted or offended another Jew, that means you didn't have the respect for Tselem Elohim. So, why should the Bria, the river, change its direction from Elohim, from Kodesh Baruch, if you don't have the proper respect level for each and every person? Now, I want to, I'm going to be jumping around a drop, but all this week's Parsha, we know it's Parsha Shira Hayom, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, Oz and then afterwards, Miriam took the women and she took a cimberine in her hand and she sang with the women. Now, First, I want to say on that is there's a famous question that if she, I mean, the Cheskuni says that she ended up singing the same shira as Moshe Rabbeinu, but the Pesach says that she only said one thing, sus v'rochva rama uh, So the Cheskuni says that she didn't just say that, but there's a reason why the Torah records only that. And they ask if they want to record only one thing. So record Micha Boele Boelem Hashem, or Zekeili Vianveu, some lofty, beautiful pasuk exalting and extolling the vast magnificence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and everything about him. Why did she pick the the, the words ramavayam that Paro and his his horses went out? Is that the thing that you if you want to pick something to say now that you're going out, that's what you say. So they answer and say that she wanted to bring out a point, and that was, we have, we know, for instance, in English law, if someone drives a car to, with people in the car, to a bank, and they rob the bank, and while they're robbing the bank, they shoot somebody, And they kill the person. That driver of the car can't say, I had nothing to do with the murder. I was just driving the car. It's called an accessory. And the Mishnah says, that a person who's an accessory, he's blamed just like the person who did it. And what Miriam wanted to say in front of all the women was I want you to have a message that all of this success that the men are singing on the Yom and what happened to Paro and Mitzrayim with all the eser Makos with everything without you women it wouldn't have happened. You were the accessory. When the men didn't want to have any children, you went down to the fields with the makeup, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to use the mirrors that the women gave. They said, oh, you were using these mirrors to beautify yourself. I don't want that as part of Kedushan. And Akadosh Baruch himself stepped in. And said that those mirrors are more beloved than Medra says, more beloved to me than everything else. The gold, the silver, everything. Else. Because these women, while their husbands didn't want to have children to be thrown into the water, they went down to beautify themselves with these mirrors, and they enticed the husbands. And that's how Yisrael continued. Continued to be as a people. So you women. Just like the horses, what do we want from the horses? They were only carrying the Egyptians. They weren't the one that were enslaving the Jews, but they were the accessory. that carried them to the Yom to get them all back to Mitzrayim. And you likewise were like the horses. You were the accessory for the Kiyom of Claudius Israel. And with that, You could understand because the kasha is, why does it say vata'an lo'ayam Miriam? Vata'an means she answered. Over here it should say like Moshe Rabbeinu, oz yoshir, vatoshar, Miriam, that she sang. What do you mean she answered? So the Mephoshim say because that's what she was doing. They weren't coming just to sing, they were coming to protest. That there was a put down for the women, and they weren't being treated and acknowledged properly. And that's why it says, Vatan Lohem Miriam Hanaviah. What does the word nevia suddenly come in here? We know she was a nevia But the fortune say, because what she did and what she was answering. The people realized that she had a power of nevuah, and she knew what she was doing. She saw this as a protest, a demonstration of the women. And that's the reason it says Vatan because she was answering them, their bad feelings. That was her mission. And when it says Lohen, why does it say Lohen? That's Zahar. It should say Vatan Lohen but she was answering the women about the men, about Lohem, about their taina, of being an accessory and that everything came about because of them. And without them, it wouldn't have happened. So Lohem was referring to the men. And they acknowledged it because they knew Neviah, that she had the power of Navua. And that she wouldn't just be saying or doing something by rote or or because she just is reacting with 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 emotion, excuse me to the to the situation. so so. The sus v'roch vo roma were the specific words depicting the accessory and acknowledging they were the accessory and without driving the car to the bank, they never would have gotten to the bank. That the women were accessory, but accessory that made it all happen. And that's why she spoke about the horses when they came out. Uh, when they went to the Yam, and that they were carrying all of the uh, people. And as I said, the Feskuni says that they said really the whole Shiva because they wanted to acknowledge and to include everything that had happened uh, with them. But we have to stop for a moment and realize the people who are the accessories in our life most commonly, a wife to a husband and a husband to a wife. And that together, this one does this and that one does that, that makes the shlamus of the tafket of what a house issue beso is. And when a person gets a ride to work that they don't drive a car, that person's helping them have their parnasa, And he doesn't have to get down on his hands and knees what he has to do is properly acknowledge that never to let a Purim go by without a proper, beautiful shalach manas. The person doesn't need the wine, doesn't need the box of candy. They can, they can survive very well without it. But the person giving it needs it because he has to sharpen the tools of his midos and his acknowledgement not to be a taker his whole life And zero giver. And many people, there's a saying when people would say to someone, take care. By saying goodbye, take care. Some would answer and say, no, not take care. Give care. That they should open their eyes and the people around them and do small and larger things. Sometimes the smallest thing. Oh, I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? Uh, a woman, a group of women are in a room waiting for an hour for Abdullah not only to look at themselves at what their schedule is and what they need to do and what they want to do, and the whole world exists really just for them. Maybe their first question should be. What do I have to arrange my schedule so allmanaas don't have to sit and wait an hour for Abdullah? and that everything else I'll work in from my schedule, but their schedule should come first. That's called accessory. and that makes everything happen on both sides of the fence. Shifting. could you? Sure. Oh Simon Braha. Now the Parsha opens, and in the first segment before Shani, Paro suddenly had hit him. What did we do? I let the Jews go. What happened over here that I let all of the yidn leave? she as Israel of this coke tastes delicious but it's the most unhealthy thing take the Perrier and the seltzer so don't do as I do do as I as I suggest so what happened like what was he thinking thinking, power. So the Meforshim say that in Shemos, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke about three days going out for a holiday and then coming back. Over here, he suddenly realized they're leaving. They're not coming back. And that's why he suddenly said, (coughs) Mazos HaSinu Shejilachnu es Yisrael (coughs) says he realized there was free labor. It just hit him, that there was no one to serve him, (coughs) excuse me, no one to work the fields. He had a million slaves working free of charge, you know, a corporation. <clears throat> that would suddenly have free labor in their whole corporation with 50,000 workers, their profit would go from a billion to a hundred billion because the biggest expense is the workforce. And that's what he suddenly re- realized. And why do I say this, Chazal to you, is because unfortunately human nature is such that we appreciate things in life when suddenly we don't have them. Then we, oh, wait a second, I never realized, I never thought, I never. We should wake up in the morning <coughs> and the gracious good morning to the family is out of the appreciation that I could who gave us the greatest gift. A wife, a husband, children, grandchildren, that we have good neighbors, that when you see a neighbor, oh I'm in a rush I don't have the 10 seconds to say good morning. Say the good morning. Promote goodwill. Take the time to acknowledge that you in life are only part of a totality and without the totality you're reduced to a very Unfunctioning, in in conclusive in a uh, simple format of something that's lacking because you have to come on to twenty other people to get here to get there to do this and to do that. It means taking a moment of thought and consideration to be able to acknowledge that which is around us. And our expression usually is our mouth, our words. It doesn't mean going every day to buy a diamond ring or a bouquet of flowers. It, it we are able to express ourselves with that important acknowledgement through our dibur, and that is what we call communication at its highest level, because you bring up the best in yourself and the best in someone else. Now coming back, Paro says, we paro levnei Yisrael They left Mitzrayim and they're confused. The word confused is the Jews that went out, they don't know what they're doing. So we're going to run after them. Now, the truth is that the Meforshim asked when it says, Omar Parl of Yisrael, what are you talking about? The Jews all left Egypt. They were all gone. Who was he talking to? So Rashi acknowledges this problem and right away says, Al nerds, he didn't speak to the Jews. He spoke about the Jews and he said to Mitzrayim. but the Targum Yonason Ben Uziel says that Paro was talking to Dosen and Naviram, our two troublemaking friends who remained with Kol Yisrael till the story of Korach and then died in the rebellion so what were they doing in, in Egypt still if the, all the Jewish people left? And the second question is, why didn't they die in the three days of darkness? We know that the three days of darkness was not just the absence of light, like when we turn off a light switch, it becomes dark, but we could still walk in the dark. By the Mitzrayim, those three days, it was actually thick. Darkness like cement. They couldn't move. If a mitzvah was sitting at his table, he remained sitting at his table. If he was in bed, he could. And that's why it says V'yeshalu ish in Shemos when Hashem told Moshe that they're going to borrow from their friends. Klei kesav me'kalei zav. That it doesn't say the word re'ehu but says the chidushi harim, that the reason in our sedra, in Bo, in Beshalach, I mean, in Bo, that it says Reu was because they were feeding the Mitzrayim and they became their friends, because they couldn't have eaten, they couldn't move to take a spoon to eat during the three days of darkness. So, and during those three days of darkness, All the Jews that had to die, the 80% of the Jewish people, that they were being buried. And Hashem didn't want the Mitzrayim to see any Jew being buried, that they could say, Ah, we're dying, so are they. They're all being buried. So during the three days of darkness, those who died during those three days were all buried during those three days. And no Mitzri saw it but why didn't Dusan and Aviram die? They were real Rishoyim. So the answer is because they had a schuss, so says the the Targum Yonisen bin Uziel was one of the biggest Tanoim to live, that they had a tremendous schuss because they were appointed to be of the oppressors of the Jewish people, if they did not produce enough bricks in a given day, then they were supposed to beat the Jews. But they chose not to be to beat them, and to be beaten themselves by the Mitzrayim. So that's why they didn't die in the three days of darkness, even though they were showing. And says the Targum, Yoinas, and B'nuzio, that they lived through this whole time, and Power was talking to them. And he said, They're confused, the Jews out. Oh, we've got to go and run after them and catch them and bring them back. So the bear Mayim Chayim says in his Sefer that when the Dustin Naviram, they lived because we know that they, they lived, they were causing trouble in the midbar every time with Moshe, and they ended up dying by car. How did they get there? If the Krius Yamsov took place for all of the Jews and then the waters came back, how did Dusan and Naviram get out and over? Says the Bear Mayim Chaim that there was a second Krius Yamsov. For them, so as Roshoyim. But sometimes we have to open our eyes that we could be a Russia, and that we are honest with ourselves that we're not this and we're not this and we're not this, and we probably go into the category of a Russia. But even the biggest Russia, if he has a tremendous chos, look what it did for Dustin Navirim Moshe Rabbeinu ran away as a fugitive because he went and snitched to paro on him that he killed the Mitzri. This was Dustin that ran to the Tapparo to, to snitch on him. Look what these people did in their lifetime. But the person, because Hakadosh Baruch who cherishes so much a single schos that it can outweigh and it can be overlooked, everything that they're doing because of that one chos. So we should never let an opportunity of being with Kaddish Shem Shemayim. sometimes it can mean you're going out of a grocery store and a goy behind you is coming out with a big load, and you take the 30 seconds to hold the door open. They see you're Jewish. You know, with the beard with a yamulka if without the beard, without the yam with just a cap on, but maybe they realize that you're Jewish, that can be a tremendous Kiddush of Shem Shemayim. And we should never under evaluate or underestimate the power of those type of schusen that a beruchu is so happy with. Now, it says, right, like two psukom later, Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu took as Atzmos Yosef emo. Now, the Mephoshim are really, there was a pr- promise to Yosef that uh, when you leave Mitzrayim, take me with you. And Moshe Rabbeinu, the, 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 the Pasuk and Mishle, Chacham, Leiv, Yikach, Mitzvah, goes on Moshe Rabbeinu because when the whole Kali were leaving Mitzrayim and they were running around taking the gold and the silver, Moshe Rabbeinu was busy looking for and then finally taking out the bones of Yosef HaTzadik. And he didn't know where it was, and as the Medrash says, he asked Serech Bas who lived from the Broch of Yaakov Avinu around 850 years, and she took him over to the Nile and said, "Here's where they put in the urn of Yosef," and they took it out. It was whole, and there wasn't a thing to his body. After all these years, he was still wholesome because of his kedusha, and they left with his bones and buried him in Shechem. Now, the Mepharchim are bothered by the word Emo. If it just would have said, Vayikach Moshe es atzmos Yosef. That he took the bones of Yosef. We understand if we're saying he took it. He took it with him. And there's a very important message in what is answered to this question. And that is that the Chazal say, Rekev that when a person has a lot of hatred or jealousy in him, whether he expresses it or not, but that's his whole mind. Why did she get the new brand new kitchen and why this and why that? And that guy went on to make about $800 million. And I'm still here struggling to pay my my grocery bill. That's really kind of, don't look at what someone else has or someone else. Look at yourself and propel yourself to do the right things. Get up in the morning. That means when someone has a meet, oh, I have to meet with this guy. This could mean for me. well, if you get up in Davin and give some Sadaka before that meeting, you're going to end up with much more propellers, many more propellers to succeed in that meeting than just thinking that you're in charge, you got to take your, your shower and you have to put on the nicest, freshest looking suit and shirt and tie. Make HaKadosh Baruch Hu a of with you. And don't worry about every item concerning yourself. Take and make him a partner in your meeting. You're going to get a lot more success with that than just centering and putting everything around you. But it says that Yosef's life showed How a person should live when he's surrounded by Kinnah and sinna. That means when Yaakov Avinu died and the brother said, Uh oh, now we're going to get it over the head for everything we did to him. Yosef's answer was, yishalom, elokim. You thought bad. But Elohim brother who meant it only for good. I ended up in Egypt and I ended up feeding the entire world. I became a viceroy because of what you did. He turned it into positivity and he didn't let uh, dwell in him and cook and, and, and muster all that hate in return to the brothers for the jealousy. And that's why Chazal say that he was able to feed a world and be positive. Every person came and thanked him. They had no food in the house. They were going back home with enough for a month to be able to feed their families because he turned it into good. And that the meforshim say is when it says Moshe atzmos yosef, because the Atzmos, it's the bones. Chazal say that ROT. If a person has jealousy or hatred and it festers inside of him and he ends up, his bones absolutely rot before dying and after dying because of that mustering of that kinna that burns away in his mind of why somebody else this and somebody else that. So Moshe Rabbeinu took emo with him, the lesson of Yosef with the bones. That's why he took the bones, and that represented what happens to a person when there's too much sin, there's too much kin, there's too much bad in him. He took, and that's why it says the word emo, because he let seep into his essence the lesson of Yosef. And we see Moshe Rabbeinu, instead of looking at the people, after again, they did something crazy in the midbar, and he could have turned to them and said, you know, you guys, I've had it with you. Every time I had to go to bat for you, that's it. You, you're at the starting point every day with, with your lives, and it turns into such bad. And I've had it with you. He'd never said such a thing. And the one time that he said, Shimun no When he hit the rock, he turned to the inn and said, Shimun no ha you troublemakers, you rebellious. Listen and take a look what's going to happen now. Says the Rambam, he didn't, he wasn't told you're not going into Israel because he hit the rock. The Rambam holds that he didn't go in because how he spoke to the people. The one time that he spoke to the people so negatively because he was so frustrated and we could have given him a pass easily. Yeah, after everything he went through again and again, and again. he was entitled to say something out of frustration. But we don't say that. We say that it's something that he was... And the Rambam says that that's the reason he was not allowed to go into Eretz Israel, how he spoke to Claude Yisrael. So we certainly have that as a very reasonable, lively, factual, practical suggestion to us in our daily lives. Whether the guy pulls in front of us by a red light, oh, I'm going to teach him. He's not going to have the last Everything that we do, people do something. We want to react. Take a moment to think, how will you rise above the occasion and exude dignity and discretion in its finest form? Now, the pasuk opens and says, "Va'yehi b'shalach paro." Now we know that the word "va'yehi" is when there's tsar, there's pain, sorrows. Like it says, "Va'yehi the Megillah opens because Klyosel was in for trouble. They were Suda uh, with him eating out of the kalim from the base HaMikdash, just because they are now rise to the upper crust of society and they were amongst the princes and the the uh, uh, the, the dukes and the noblemen together at the party of Ahasuerus so it's Vayih, it was a big tsar so the question that they ask is why does our seder open with the word Vayehi it should be Vahoya, that it was now a situation, that they came out of Mitzrayim, they should have been dancing, the Pesach should have said Vahoya B'Shalach Paro, not Vayahi, but the say that, of course they were happy but when they took a look as they were leaving and going out to the To the road, they saw their next-door neighbor, their first cousin. No one was there. There were 80%, four out of every five who lacked in their about and wanting to go out of Mitzrayim, died in the Shlosh Hashimei Aphelah. So they were happy they were leaving, but they were very sad that so many of their friends and family never made it. And there's a day in Medrash that it wasn't just one out of five who survived. It was only one out of 50 on the Pasach chamushim Olu B'nei Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim. One out of 50 means 49 died. And there's even a third opinion. It was one out of 500, which means there was 499 who died during the Schlosshimaya Fela, and only one survived. But commonly, when Meforshim discussed this chazal, they referred to the one out of five. So it was 80% of Kleisel dying. So therefore it was a Bishalach Paro. And some Meforsha mention interesting note. And that is when Mashiach will come, that's like a bishalach Paro that after all the service Klal Yisrael had and everything we endured and all of the e- expulsions from countries and all of the redifus and everything that Klal Yisrael went to, we suddenly see Ad HaBoker, the Boker, the Geula is here. We're going to look back and we're going to see the opportunities that we had in life, that we had so many things every day. The Rabbin sent us different opportunities. There were six people that came over to get Zadok and shul. You don't have a dollar, give a quarter. The Arizal says that many people today who are alive, are only to be misakened and in a gilgal in a life before that they were asked for tzedakah and they didn't give it. And they're coming back now. And the person asking them now, 80 years later, is the same neshama as who asked them then. I know someone in shul that he comes every day with 20, 30 dollar bills. And anytime a person comes in to collect He goes over to everyone in the shul and gives them the dollar to hand the guy. Not as his shliach, which would mean he's giving the tzedakah. He gives him the tzedakah as a matonah. So it now becomes his. And when he hands it over to the man collecting, he gets the tzedakah. So could you imagine if that happens 30 times every morning? and sometimes 30 times at night that this man does it. What kind of schus to have a Yid give tzedakah, which is tzedakah mevi ge'ula, tatzel mi'moves. I mean, the biggest sagulas. It doesn't say about Shemir Shabbos that it's mevi ge'ula or that it's t- tatzel mi'moves, that it, that it saves people from death. But on tzedakah it does say it. And he's making sure that 30 people who just pick up their hands and look at the guy like a, they go out to buy a shtus for $5 on the street or something, that's no problem. Oh, but the tzedakah, chas They hold up their hands to the guy. I can't give you, I don't have. But he asks for every other guy. And he pays his $100 bill for the cell phone to disturb him during Shemona Esrei. So that when it comes to Geula and that we leave finally the Metzorim, the Mitzrayim, Metzorim, which means boundaries of life. We are given hundreds of opportunities every day, every week, every month of our lives. Let's not move on in a mode that we don't hop a rhyme and that we don't have all of that opportunity coming to life. And I want to conclude and just say to you that there is a famous kasha that why is it that not one of the women when it came to the Misa Eagle participated, the men said that they even got a matana rosh chodesh that they don't sew and they don't iron. And certain things women don't do on rosh chodesh. Why? Because of the schus that they didn't participate. Not one woman gave. The husbands came home. I want your jewelry. I want your gun. Not one gave. Not one. Why were they? So the men forty days after matan Torah they were talking about an eagle after Mountain Torah that Parkhanish Muslim. and now forty days later they were in the mud with, with, with the Ramban says it wasn't a Zorah, they just wanted a a shlia but whatever it was it was bad because we're still in ghosts because they did not brought says the Arizal the 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 hazov it would have been the immediate gula with the taking of the chet of Adam Arisham. So we're 3,300 years later in Gola still suffering because of that ego. But the women did not do anything. So the question he asked is, how could it be that not 10 women from the thousands, tens of thousands, one, 10, 100 should have... And the answer is because Moshe Rabbeinu said the Shira, which was unbelievable. But the women, Batikach Miriam Eshatov Beyodah, she went out with sincha and said the Shira. And as I said to you, the Cheskuni says she didn't just say, She said the whole Shira, according to the Cheskuni. But even if she only said that, but she took music with her. And Eina doima shira with simcha to shira without simcha. And say the Mekubolem, it was that simcha of that shira that protected the women that they did not participate even in Iota with the Misa HaEgel. Broch the hatz